preach. This is the last in this series, and you can, uh, by the way, you can go online or, or get them on YouTube, I think, or is it YouTube or iTunes. iTunes, you can, you can hear them there. Just, you know, just bring that up, and you can hear all the messages if you've missed them. But uh, this has been an important series as we've been talking about the reign of God. How many want that gully washer that we're still believing God for? So today, in the last message, it's kind of weird, weird title, Begging for the Body or Requesting the Body. When Jesus hung on the cross, it's interesting that almost all the disciples had deserted him. The only one left were the ladies. Hello, ladies. You can always count on the ladies. They're always there. So they're at the cross, but they're weeping and crying. They're not exactly waiting for the resurrection. They think it's over, so they're kind of missing it as well. And Jesus is hanging on the cross, and it's, the sun is getting, getting to the point where it's starting to go down. And a man called Joseph of Arimathea, a rich man, a wealthy man, realizing the urgency of the hour, went to Pilate and requested or begged, come on, for the body of Christ. He said, I want the body before the sun goes down. In these last days, we need that kind of intercession. We need the church to realize that the body of Christ needs prayer. That if we're going to realize the reign of God, that we have got to pray for the body. Judgment begins in the house of the Lord. Revival begins in the house of the Lord. Amen. This world, you can sit there and gripe and complain about how wicked and dark this world is, but if it's dark, it's our fault. We have got to, we have got to get to the place where we could rise up again with healing and, and deliverance and begin to see uh, something change in this world. Listen, praying for rain is not just praying for blessing. Praying for rain, wow, is to see the church resurrected. It's to intercede for the body of Christ and to see change in the body of Christ. It's Jeremiah 33 and, and verse 3. As he calls up, he says, call to me. Say, call to me. Call to me, and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things which you do not know. Is anybody, does anybody have a spiritual curiosity? Show you great and mighty things. Let's get into this story. Matthew 27, verse 55. And many women who followed Jesus from Galilee, ministering to him, they're ministering to the body, right? Jesus' body, we're the body of Christ. There were looking on from afar. <coughs> now, that's the problem with the church today. We want, we're doing ministry to the body, but we're, we're too far from him. Ministering from afar. 
not, not a fire, from afar. I want to reach all my audiences. Okay, listen. Among whom, next verse. Among whom were Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James and Joseph, and the mother of uh, Zebedee's sons, the sons of thunder. Remember those guys. Now, when evening had come, there came a rich man from Arimathea named Joseph, who himself had also become a disciple of Jesus. Amen. This man went to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. Then Pilate commanded the body to be given to him. I believe we could leverage the devil to give up territory. Oh, y'all aren't hearing me. I said, I believe we can leverage the devil. He's got parts of the body. He, he's got things and people that he doesn't need, that, 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 that don't belong to him. Amen. It's time to plead for the body of Christ, your friends, your relatives, your family. Come on now. People you know, people you love, they don't belong in the end of that camp. They are preordained to be part of the body of Christ, and it's time to stand on that word once again and intercede. Give me the body of Christ. Resurrect the body. Revive the body of Christ. And let's bring back the glory of the Lord. Give him a praise right now. Amen. Now watch this because there's several things Joseph does. Five things he does. Number one, Joseph intercedes for the body. He intercedes. Why? He intercedes because he knew there was a sense of urgency. The feast day, the Passover was coming. And it was not allowed for a man to be hanging on the cross during the feast day. And even if he was, they weren't allowed to bury him on that day. They weren't allowed to tend to the body. In other words, once the sun goes down, the opportunity was over. You know, Jesus said, work, 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 because the day is almost over and the night is upon us. Amen. Church, I I don't know if you hear, it been here in my heart for the last five weeks, but there is an urgency in this last hour. Amen. The sun's about to go down, and there's a sense of urgency. We must have the body of Christ. Does anybody feel what I'm talking about? There's a sense of urgency. I must have the body now. Number two. Joseph covered the body. The Bible says he wrapped it in linen, which is a sign of purity. How many know he's coming back for a bride? And that bride is not dressed in ragged, torn, dirty clothes. I wonder if the rapture could even occur right now. Because the rapture is not an escape. It's not like, if I don't come now, they'll all be gone. It's not like my body is so beat up, I don't think it could last. No, he's coming for a bride without spot, wrinkle, or blemish. He's coming for a holy bride. Amen. He covered the body in pure linen. This, this, uh, this bride is a soldier. This bride is an army. I've said it before. This bride wears army boots. Amen. 
She might have a white gown on, but she's got army boots and a rifle over her shoulder. She's ready to go to war. Amen. She's not defeated. She's not tired. She's not wore out. She's an army. Oh, somebody. Jesus, help us. Oh, I got to hurry. Number three, number three. Joseph, Joseph positioned, positioned. And by the way, going back to covered, we are covered in the blood of Jesus. We're, we're, listen, we're not, we're not the bride. We're not all pure because we're all that. We're not holy because we don't do certain things. We're not holy because we don't go certain places and we don't wear certain clothes. Oh, my God, help us. We are holy because he has declared us holy and he has covered us in his blood. I know some of you hadn't sinned in 20 years, but for the rest of us, I thought I'd preach. Number three, he positioned the body. Listen, he didn't just throw it in some cave. The Jews believed that you always had to position the body towards the east because that's where the resurrection is. They want the body looking towards the east, looking towards where Jesus will, where Jesus will come. Amen. Glory to God. Let me just put a note out there when I die. Can you all position me to the east? Find me a grave that I'm looking towards the resurrection. Oh, y'all, 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 y'all stayed up too late last night. Y'all, are, you, are you here? How many are here this morning? I thought 98%, but ah, hallelujah. Some people, you couldn't get them to raise their hand if Jesus came right now. Ready to go? Is anyone glad to be in the house of the Lord, hearing the word of the Lord? Amen. This is no sermon. This is what God wants us to hear this morning. Ah, he positioned the body of Christ. Come on, intercessors. Come on, prayer warriors. Come on, prophetic team. It's your job to position the body, to position it for a miracle, to position it for revival, to position it for the next move of God. Amen. Let's get us ready for what God is about to do. Oh, somebody praise him. That's just the beginning. The body, and we do that through prayer and intercession. And number four, he anointed the body. He anointed the body. <laughs> we need some anointers. We need, we need. When you anoint something, only prophets, priests, and kings were anointed in the Old Testament. And what that meant was when you were anointed, it meant that you were covered, ready for your calling. You were positioned, energized, appointed, ready to go in what in the thing that God has called you to do. Okay, so He anoints the body of Christ. He does. You know, some oils are used to embalm. We have too many embalmers in the church, but not enough anointers in the church. Why do we embalm bodies to preserve them? I don't want a pickled church. I don't want y'all looking the same every Sunday. Well, it's Sunday. Go to church. 
I, I don't want to preserve things. I don't want to just keep things as they are. I want it new every morning. I want fresh manna. I want to hear from him. I want to move forward. I want whatever he wants for the church. I don't want change for the sake of change, but I want what he wants in this hour, whatever it looks like, whatever it sounds like. God, send your move of Come on, intercessors, let's start anointing the body, not to keep it as it is, but to prepare it for resurrection. Praise him right there. Come on, do a praise break in Jesus. Oh, my God, he's in the house. Anybody know he's in the house? How many anointers do I have here? How many are embalmers? Let me see your hand. We don't need naysayers. Oh, my Jesus, help us. Y'all wouldn't admit it if you were an embalmer, but the, there's one or two here. Number five. Number five. And it doesn't mean I'm over, I'm done, but number five. Joseph placed the body at rest. Basically, it's what you put it at rest. Listen, listen. I know this sounds crazy. But we're not going to get the excitement. We're not going to get the glory. We're not going to receive the power until we learn how to rest. You can't stand and walk until you learn how to sit. Read the book of Ephesians. You need to learn how to sit at his feet. You need to be like Mary who took the best part that nobody could. Remember what he said to Mary. Remember Mary and Martha, and Mar Martha's fussing because, she, you know, Mary's not helping. She's too spiritual to help her, you know. And, and, she, but, but, and Mary's worshiping at her feet. And, Jesus, tell her to come help me. And I, I don't want to fuss at Martha. We need Martha's. But he said, to, he said to, to Mary, she has chosen the best part. Not the only part, but the best part, and I like it, I watch it, you missed this part, that no one can take from you. Other things you do, people can take, take the credit and take it away from you, but no one can steal your worship. Oh, y'all aren't getting that. I said no one can steal your worship, your time with him. No one can take your worship. We need to learn how to sit, how to, and then the revival at Jesus' feet. And then the revival comes. Now, every Sunday, we've been talking about Elijah. These are the days of Elijah and how Elijah, you know, raised up the next generation, Elisha. We see, I, I, I want to go to 1 Kings 17. And watch this here. How many are still here? 35. Now, it happened after these things. Remember these things. He sent Elijah to the woman. She had nothing, right? And now the oil, every time, you know, the oil and the flour, just keep, every time she reaches out, takes out a scoop of flour, there's another scoop in there. And all for the rest of the flood, all the rest of the drought, she, she has plenty. All her neighbors are starving, and she's having a feast every meal. She's eating three times a meal, woo, inviting the neighbors over. Come on, I got plenty. They don't even have water. I mean, it's a drought. Can you imagine if it didn't rain for three years, what kind of shape we would be in? Now, it happened after these things that the son of the woman who owned the house became sick. The son, say the son, became sick. 
the son of the woman. I'm talking generations here. I'm talking about how God brought revival and plenty to the woman, the existing church, but the next generation was dying. And we're living in a time where we struggle. How do we reach them? Because they seem to be dying. This really ought to trouble us. She, uh, he became sick, and his sickness was so serious that there was no breath, no spirituality left in this generation at all. Verse 18. She said to Elijah, what have I to do with you, O God? Why is it when we get in trouble we blame God? Huh? And not just God, she blamed the pastor. Hello. <laughs> this is preacher's fault. He's just not preaching the way he's supposed to preach. It's, just a, it's the song leader's fault. It's, anytime I could move it on to the song leader, I'm blessed. It's his fault. <laughs> oh, and can I just pause and say thank you, Randall? Our Jordan is in California at the Bethel Church. Will you all pray for him? He's on vacation. Didn't he do a great job? Appreciate you, buddy. I meant to say something earlier. Great job. He was our minister of music when he was in his early 20s, back in the 90s. Yes, he doesn't want me to admit that, but that's, that's the way I was even old then. Okay. So, she's, so she says to the man of God, what have I to do with you, old man of God? Have you come to bring my sin to remembrance and kill my son? There really ought to be a cry, really, from the church and say, where, is my, where are my children? Where's the next generation? Where are those who will take our place? Where are they? So he said to her, give me your son. <laughs> I need some people who will stand up and say, give me the boy. Give me the next generation. We know what to do. Not everyone, the woman, the woman, the church didn't know what to do, but somebody in the church knows what to do. Oh, Jesus. So he took him out of her arms and carried him, say carried him, carried him to the upper room where he was staying. Now watch this. There's the house, and then there's the upper room. Every church has a house and an upper room. The word comes from the upper room. <laughs> the power and the glory comes from that upper room. I like to call it the furnace room. Amen. It, every house has a furnace room. <laughs> Amen. And, and we don't like to go in there and it's kind of dirty and nasty and, and who wants, you know, cobwebs and, and nobody wants to go in the furnace room until something breaks down. Something breaks down. Where's the prayer warriors? The furnace room heats the house. Hallelujah. We don't spend a lot. You know, you have a prayer meeting and you get a dozen people showing up, but that is the furnace room. Don't make, don't make any mistake about it. Amen. I know who energizes this church. It's the prayers of the intercessors that make a difference. Monday night, Tuesday night, Wednesday night, Saturday night. Amen. There's, 
Sunday night. It's the intercessors. It's the upper room. And watch this. He carried the boy. Intercessors, we need to be willing to do the burden of prayer. The burden of prayer is to carry what is dead and carry it to the upper room. How God help us in this place. He carried him to the upper room where he was staying and laid him on his own bed. It's not about our comfort, prayer warriors. It's not about our comfort. It's time to lay the burden of the church on our bed and watch it rise. My God, I feel him in this house. Somebody's praying for me. And he said to her, give me your son. Give me your son. So he took him out of her arms, carried him to the upper room where he's staying, laid him on his own bed. Is there another verse? Okay. You know what happens next. He stretches himself out on the child. Hand to hand. Foot to foot. Breath to breath. I don't know how long, but three times. This is going to take personal engagement. This is going to take an anointing of impartation from the upper room to what's dead in the house. Oh, this is, this is, this is too deep. This is too deep. He stretched him out three times. Just like God breathing into Adam. Three times he breathes. And suddenly that dead body comes to life. I said the body. I said the body comes to life. And then the scripture says he took the living child. Oh, it's great, prayer warriors, when you can carry the living thing. See, see, you, you you have to carry the dead thing, but then when you raise it, You get to carry the living thing. The child's like coming down singing Amazing Grace. He comes back down the stairs. Mm, My God. Uh, He comes from the upper room with the child in his arms and gives him back to his mother, the church. I'm waiting for a revival like we have never seen in this house before. Anybody with me in this place? She carries, he carries him back to the house. Reminds me of Ezekiel chapter 37, verse 1. The hand of the Lord came upon me, and he brought me out in the spirit of the Lord and sent me down, again, down, in the midst of the valley, and it was full of bones. What can you do with bones. Sometimes I ask that on Sunday morning. God. It's y'all's fault for looking at me like that. So verse 2, 
Then he caused me, he caused, he caused me to pass by them. You have to actually get out amongst the bones. And behold, you can't separate yourself and gripe about the bones. You have to walk amongst the bones. Well, that's worth the price right there, but you all missed it. He walked all around, and behold, they were, there were very many in this open valley. And indeed, they were very dry. I like that. They were very dry. These aren't recent dead. <laughs> and he said to me, Son of man, Journey Life Center, can these bones live? Is a move of God possible? Is God able to do what is uh, what we see no other church? Is, is it possible? Can these bones live? Lord, you know. You know, Lord. You know, Lord. Verse 4, quickly. Again, he said to me, prophesy. God, that's kind of awkward speaking to dead bones. That's what I want you to do. Speak to the dry bones and say, oh, dry bones. Oh, dry bones. I prophesy to you. Can I do it right now? Oh, dry bones, I prophesy to you in the name of the Lord. Live! Hear the word of the Lord! Oh, he's here. Oh, he's here. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I prophesied, there was a noise. Didn't I say the sound comes first last Sunday? The sound, and suddenly a rattling. I hear a rattling. And the bones came together, bone to bone. And indeed, as I looked, the sinews and the flesh came on them and the skin covered them over. But there was no breath in them. So he said to me, prophesy to the breath. It's not the right structure. It's not enough to have the right thing put together. We need the breath of the Spirit. Say to the breath, say to the Spirit, the Ruach, thus says the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain. Oh, now we know what happened to the church. The devil killed some of us, but the slain are going to live. So I prophesied. Oh, I don't know how much more I could do. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and breath came into them, and they lived and stood upon their feet an exceeding great army. Not a social club, not a fellowship but an army 
this next move of God is a bride with army boots. Right after, right after World War II, on a couple little islands called the Hebrides off of Scotland, two little old ladies, Margaret and, was it Margaret? Margaret, no, I'm sorry, Christine and Peggy. Christine and Peggy Smith. They were both in their 80s. One lady was completely blind. The other lady was so racked with arthritis, she could hardly move. I've seen pictures of them. She's all bent over, arthritic. And the other lady's like completely blind. And they're both in their 80s, Joe, 80s. They said, here's what the problem was. They said, we noticed the young generation had no interest in church. And the church itself had lost all vitality. These two little old ladies in their 80s said, we must have revival. And they began to pray and fast. They were so crippled, they could not come to church. But they prayed in their home every day for hours. And finally, God said, I'm going to send an evangelist named Duncan Campbell And he came just the very day, she said. He said, I'll come and I'll preach for two weeks. He preached every day for two years. Hundreds of thousands were saved. They said the bars went bankrupt. And they turned the buildings into churches. It was a coal mining city. The coal miners got saved, and the horses drawing the carts wouldn't work because they didn't understand the language of the coal miners because they couldn't cuss anymore. The horses did not understand. Do you understand? The horses did not understand the coal miners. They had to retrain the horses because the coal miners weren't cussing at them anymore. That's revival that changes a city for God. (laughs) Young people came by the thousands. Nobody even asked them to come. And really the revival started with young people. Young people just started showing up. They said, I don't even know why I'm here. God, just I just felt something in my heart and I came to the church. And they were preaching and it got so big they couldn't preach in the church. They had to preach outside the church. God, help us. We have to go outside the church and preach in the parking lot because we don't have room for them. God, send this, send this dying son. Revive this dying son. Bring us revival in these lands. Oh, somebody help me. Stand to your feet if you're willing to beg for the body.